Hello, welcome to another edition of Hit the Lights podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Richard Harvey. How are we doing? Very well, mate. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Hot and sweaty, as I'm sure you are as well. Absolutely, absolutely. But you've got to enjoy it while it's here, because before you know it, it's going to be freezing. I'm sure the flash floods will soon follow. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have the drought first, but yeah, it's all good, and it? It's all good. Yeah, exactly. Um, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey into the world of electrics? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, way back when, many, many years ago, uh, when I left school, I wanted to be a mechanic because I'm all about cars. You know, cars is everything to me, whether it be Formula One, you know, whatever. Uh, and my dad's a gas fitter, plumber. Um, and at the time, he said, you're not going to be a, a mechanic, son, because you'll you'll have dirty hands for the rest of your life and you'll always be cleaning oil off your hands and all that stuff. So it was, you're going to be an electrician. That's what you're going to do. So there we go. So then I went for a um, a pre-assessment test where I had to do like a simple math test, a uh, simple English test. And there was like a little practical skills test way back when. So I enrolled on a, a level three apprenticeship uh, with a local contractor. That was in 1990. Wow. Um, did my four year apprenticeship. Halfway through that apprenticeship, the company I started with went into liquidation. Started with another company. Uh, went to college, did my knowledge uh, at Garrett's Green College. Nice college in Birmingham. It's gone now. It's been flattened. Uh, you know, things move on. Um, and back then it was block release. So it was four weeks on, four weeks off, four weeks on, four weeks off, et cetera, et cetera. So I did my three years uh, at college. Um, and at that time, uh, the MVQ3 was just kind of emerging. Um, so when I did all my knowledge there, did my portfolio, on site, built it up as you would now over the years. It was a, a big plastic box then. Still got it, still at my dad's house. And back then, you had to go and get your photos developed at the local Kodak Centre or whatever it was, you know, to add evidence into your portfolio. So I've still got all that. So the journey then is still the same as it is now, albeit a little bit easier. Um, completed that apprenticeship um, in 94. Did my AM2 in 95. And back then it was six days AM2. Uh, that AM2 census long gone. I then stayed on for a further year uh, and did my C certificate, um, which was was good. So I did five years at college, really. All the MVQ, all the portfolio, and then AM2. But back then I was quite lucky because the contractor that I worked for, um, I worked with a great guy there. Um, he's still about, he's in his 70s. Um, but he kind of just let me get on. You know, he gave me the drawings for a job and he just said, look, there's the drawings for it. There's your, your gear in the shanty outside. Anything you need, give me a shout. And I was lucky and I worked on all the different wiring systems, uh, you know, everything from domestic, industrial, commercial, special locations. We did a lot of swimming pools, dealt a little bit into fire alarms, things like that. So I was quite lucky in terms of being prepared for AM2. Um, and that was tough back then. It's still tough now, obviously, but it was really tough back then. Um, then shortly after, I passed my M2. Um, I had a bit of a disagreement with the boss at that company because because I was fresh out of college, just passed AM2. They kind of didn't want to listen to what you had to say. You know, they wouldn't let you run a job unless you were in your 50s, blah, blah, blah. So I left them, went to work for a local contractor then, um, not far from a, from a house where I used to live with my dad. Stayed with them a few years, worked for another couple of uh, local contractors, Developed a few contacts of my own, local builders, etc. 
decided to go and I see way back when um, a proved contractor was there with them 10, 11, 12 years or so. And then I had a, a periodic inspection um, for quite a big job. It was a big bakery over in Northampton, a bit similar to Greg's on a similar scale. And they had probably 30, 35 shops as well. Uh, so I got involved with this periodic inspection. Um, I was there three, three and a half, four months. Um, there was hundred and some fuse boards in there. There was a distribution part. There was offices. There was everything. Uh, massive jobs, about 16 and a half, 17 grand's worth. Um, and it came to a point where I was waiting for my money for about three, three and a half months, which caused me a problem, obviously, because wholesalers, you don't get no credit. You've got to pay them on time. I had a couple of other lads working for me that were doing local jobs because I didn't want to upset my builders and things like that. And I thought, you know what? This self-employed malarkey, it's getting tough now because it puts pressure on your family life because you can't you know, pay your mortgage and stuff like that. And I thought there's got to be a better way or an alternative thing. So I thought I'll have a look on Indeed or whatever it was back then. And this job came up for um, electrical lecture. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty good. So I applied for this role uh, and the role was at Wellingborough College, which is way over Northampton. So I remember sending off the application form and I had a phone call from the HR department and they said, oh, we'd like to invite you in, in, uh, in for an interview um, and we want you to do a microteach on putting a light in a loft and we'll send you some further details, etc. via email. So I thought, OK, fair enough. So I got this email and it spoke about this microteach and PowerPoint and all this stuff. And I remember thinking, I, I ain't got a clue what PowerPoint is. I don't know what that is. Do you know what I mean? It's... So I rang him back and said, listen, I'm, I'm not going to come to the interview. You know, I'm not a teacher and, um, you know, I don't feel confident with, with micro teaching or whatever it's called and what blah, blah, blah. But they said, no, come along, you know, come along anyway. Uh, just Google it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, OK, so I spoke to a good friend of mine that's uh, a lecturer in carpentry at a local college in Birmingham. Um, he gave me a few pointers and a few tips. So I thought, well, 15 minutes, I'm putting a light in a loft. Christ. You know, I could spend an hour talking about the health and safety implications, risk assessments and stuff before you even go in the loft. Anyway, so I put a little plan together. No PowerPoint. Wrote a few things, you know, on, a, on the back in the back of my regs book. Took a few props and paper overalls and safe isolation kit and a mask and a few bits and pieces. So I got all this planned, got everything ready to go. And living in Birmingham, Wellingborough was around about an hour, hour and a half. So I thought I'll leave in good time. Got to go M6, M A14, thought no problem. And my interview was at nine o'clock. Thought that's no problem. If I leave at half six, seven, we've got loads of time. Brilliant. So I got my casual clothes on, my suits hanging up in the van, got me props, bits and pieces going on. Gets on the motorway, gets down as far as a couple of junctions, calling services, and it's completely stopped. And like that. <laughs> an hour goes by, an hour goes by. I think I'm never gonna make this, never gonna make the time. So I ran the college, said, listen, I'm on my way. No problem. The lady said on reception, I'll let the board know. I'm thinking the board. Oh, God. So like, I'm getting a bit nervous now. Anyway, gets going. Pulls up to Church Street, Wellingborough at 10 to 10. Looking around, I'm thinking, well, I can't see a college. There's a big church, but there's no college. I don't know what's going on. So I ran them back and they said, oh, well, which Church Street are you at? I said, I don't know. The church, just Church Street. So they give me the postcode, the correct postcode. And I'm 14 miles away. Oh, God. <laughs> So anyway, gets back in the van, pulls up at this college, huge college, loads of people walking around, loads of students, whatever. But of course, I've still got my casual clothes on. 
So pulls up in the car park, didn't know really where to park, parked on the front of the college. Chap comes out um, and he's high-vis jacket, you know, the estate guy, really nice bloke. Uh, you come for your interview, no problem, he says, just park there, I'll sort it out for you. Um, okay, great, so I'm a bit flustered. So then I'm getting challenged in the car park, trying to put my shirt and tie on. Oh, God, took all my other clothes back in the van, walked into this college, got a few bits, a bit flustered. Walks in, uh, goes up to the boardroom, and then I've got like the head of curriculum, head of construction, and the vice principal, you know, these three people, like, I'm thinking, oh, crushed. Anyway, the head of construction says, good news for you. He said, all the level threes are in today, so you can do your presentation to all the level three lads in the construction department. <laughs> so, oh, God's sake, can it get any worse anyway? So when I did this uh, micro-teach, you know, all the lads are walking in. Uh, there's a couple of girls on the course as well, sat on the tables, picking their noses, all that stuff. bit nervous. They've got all the smart screens set up with a laptop. Didn't use any of that because I got no PowerPoint. But anyway, went through all my notes, got a few props out, asked a few questions. Thought it went fairly well. Um, within that micro-teach then, there was the lecturer from downstairs, Graham, the workshop technician, all the three big bosses from the college and all these lads. So after the 15 minutes, I got shown around the workshop by Graham, who's one of the lecturers there at the time. And I thought, you know what? This is just like the college that I went to when I did my apprenticeship. It's a proper old-fashioned brick building. Brick bays in there. There was all all the wiring systems still on the walls, all the old tools, everything. You know, it was mega. It was, and I thought, ah, oh, this is brilliant. This is this is what I want to get into. Do you know what I mean? So that was the first half of the interview. Then I got collected back, and then I had to go back into the college and do the second half of the interview. Uh, and obviously, then we spoke about subjects that I wasn't so familiar with. You know, with like uh, safeguarding and um, prevent and all the other, you know, technical professional things that you have to have knowledge on. So I answered those to the best of my knowledge, because obviously I'm not a teacher. I photographed all my certs and everything. Uh, and that was it. And I came away. I spent a whole day there. Three months later, they offered me the job part time, which was great, because that meant I could still carry on doing my own bits of work and get into this slowly and see if I enjoy it. And then I got my first um, day, first start day, uh, and I was told to meet somebody called Gary Hayes. At college reception at 10 o'clock and you'll obviously be familiar with gas obviously from gsh electrical efix etc um so i got i get there quite early i was there about half seven uh, just because motorway etc so i'm sitting there in the van you know waiting and this guy turns up gas how you doing mate? my name's gas you know i'm thinking oh blimey. you know this guy's uh, seems to know his stuff so i shadow gas for a couple of weeks uh, and he's you know he's on another level in teaching and learning he's, he's just unbelievable uh, and Gaz was my mentor took me under his wing and um, and I just thought yeah I'm getting into this you know really enjoying this and then six months later on because the influx of learners that they had um, they invited me um, or asked me if I wanted a full-time job so that was a difficult decision because you know salary in education is a lot different to being out on site if that makes sense because you can be as qualified uh, as anybody else electrically but from a teaching point you haven't got any qualifications and that you know builds up over time with experience etc so then I did my uh, introduction into teaching one night a week there I then did my level five um, uh, degree in education which I thoroughly enjoyed that was really really tough graduated there uh, and various other um, courses and bits while I was there but in the end it was just too far every day you know it was 130 miles a day 
90 quid a week in fuel back then because I still had my van. Uh, and I looked for a job closer to home. So uh, back in 2017, I got a job um, within a local training provider in Birmingham um, as the tutor manager, tutor, uh, worked with some fantastic people there, um, where we had 430 apprentices, I think, all on the apprenticeship framework. Uh, but we also um, delivered all the bolt-on electricians courses, you know, uh, regs 2391, 2396, equipment testing, all of that stuff. So I spent the last five years or so there, uh, moved on from there beginning, beginning of this month. Um, and now I'm looking to, to move on um, maybe with another training provider or maybe within the technical side of things with a manufacturer or maybe IET or something like that. So, you know, it's been a been a long journey. Um, it's, it's not an easy journey uh, being in education, but, you know, it's something I enjoy. Uh, and I can continue to try and do the best that I can, you know. So all good. But back in my day, there wasn't everything that there is now. There wasn't YouTube and there wasn't, you know, all these webinars and there wasn't everything that's available to learners these days. You know, there's so much good stuff out there, mm. even for us as electricians, as you know, at the moment, industry is moving on that quickly that it's very difficult to keep up with what's happening. You know, never mind trying to, you know, interpret the older. Uh, brand book as it is now uh, and everything else but it's it's been nice to have a, a couple of weeks off myself just to try and catch up with with everything you know um speak to all colleagues and friends uh, and looking forward to the future you know so oof, very still, short version, that's my journey <laughs> are you still yeah. managing to keep your your hand in at all on, um, on the talks yeah to, to be honest um the last couple of weeks i've been getting a few jobs done for my dad and a few other people that I've been promising to do jobs for for years. Um, and then a couple of my pals obviously are still on site um, and they keep saying, oh, you know, drop back on, give us hand for a week, we're, we're flat out here. But a few EICRs as well that have come up. So it was only yesterday that got me tools out, sorted them all out, treat myself to a new toolbox as you do. Um, so next week, I think, yeah, I've got a couple of days out and about on site, try and get back into it, but it's different now, I ain't got me van. So I'm just thinking about where to put things in my car. But if you're just turning up just to give a hand with the tools, you ain't got to worry about it so much, have you? I don't want yeah. my steps sticking out the window and all that stuff. You <laughs> know what I mean? So, um, yeah, all good. All good. So in terms of your experiences, then what what if there was somebody thinking about entering um, the education sector? What would your advice be? If you want to give a bit back and you want to make a change, because that's what it needs at the moment, because there are some pretty naff training providers out there. Uh, and colleges, et cetera, et cetera. And you want to be at the forefront of that and you want to see learners go on a journey, then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't recommend anything else. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so rewarding. It can be frustrating. It can be difficult because, you know, what kids are like these days, that, you know, they just want everything kind of plate. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, and you've got to get that respect thing. You know, it's all about their behaviours, isn't it? It's, you know, they want it because they want to get they want to go and get it themselves not that it's going to be given to them but to see you know the first year come in start level one start with a health and safety unit work his way through the science and principles unit go into the second year and look at the regs and then look at design and then into the third year start looking at your practical unit your testing fault planning units and then work your way towards am2 and to see them achieve all of that get their am2 get their gold card come back and shout my hand which has happened a few times that's what it's all about you know but it's about making a difference isn't it? it's about best practices and 
let, let me say it, not fudged stuff, you know, and that's that's what I'm all about. And that, that that's what it is. If you want to do that and make a difference, that's what's got to be done. What, one of the things that interested me, what you said, was about getting their respect. How, how do you do that in a class full of young adults? Because ultimately, certainly the learners that I dealt with at my last place, they're all apprentices. So they're all getting paid to be at college and be at work. And ultimately, like any apprenticeship, you know, it starts off on not very good money. And back in my day, and I've still got my old pay slips uh, and my portfolio, as I said, and other bits and pieces, you know, my first year, it was £1.03 an hour. £1.03. OK, that was back in 1990. Fair enough. But, you know, the wage these days is not great, your first year. But, of course, you complete that year, you move into your second year, it goes up a little bit in your third year, and then when you pass your round two and you get your goal card, that's what you're working towards, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, and I just talk about my journey, show them my goal card, and if that's what you want to be, this is the journey you need to go on. And nobody can ever take that away from you. And even when you get AM2 and you get your goal card, your journey will never stop because it doesn't because things keep changing and you might want to go into a different field within our industry, you know, and it gives you the platform to do that. And, you know, if they want it, they're going to get it. But it's the end of the day, if we speak about anything, I'm not talking about it because I'm reading it out of a book. I'm talking about it because I've experienced it. I've done it, you know, and they aren't stupid, a lot of these kids, because they'll question everything and they're right to and so they should. And I'm not saying that I know everything because I don't. But if I don't know something, I'll say, listen, do you know what? Great point. We'll have a look together at lunchtime. I'll go and see a couple of my colleagues. We'll have a conversation and I'll come back to you. Because, you know, it's, the industry is so vast and the regs book is so vast. And interpretation of an intent of that is something that's my job to try and explain and get across to them in simple terms, isn't it? And I'm not saying that they're going to use everything that I've taught them over those three, four years, because you probably won't. But there's always a time when you can go back and research or look at something. And as I said earlier, there's so many good resources out there now, you know, that give you that information, you know. Uh, And most of the people that produce them, like Gaz and Joe Robinson and Mark and all the rest of them, they're just an inspiration because I didn't have that. So I couldn't go home and then go and watch a video to refresh my memory. He wasn't there. Mm. I had to get my notes out that I'd made during the day, my old CITB construction books which I've still got and all that to you know to refresh my brain so it's it's a very rewarding industry to be in but it is it's it's stressful at times like everything and it takes a lot of your time because you're always looking to make things better or add something you know and you've got to take feedback you've got to take criticism and you've got to reflect on everything you do and if you don't want to do that then you're in the wrong industry you know simple as that and the only other barrier to it is probably salary because you know, salaries aren't the best in teaching and they should be better. Uh, and I think, you know, a few colleges are recognising that now uh, and increasing the salary um, to, to try and entice more people into it. But, you know, it can be and it is very rewarding, you know. So I, I wouldn't change it for the world for myself, you know. But at the same time, you still need to be relevant. So whenever I can go back on the tools, I'll always try. Because before you know it, you're lost you lost and you stuck in the 1990s or the year 2000 because technology, equipment, tools, all that keeps moving on. And if there's a better and quicker way of doing something now, then you know what? Embrace that. You know, absolutely. But then you've still got to know or have knowledge of an alternative way of doing something. Do you know what I mean? Everything just seems to be getting quicker and easier. Do you know, like Conlock, never had a Conlock in my day. Everything was cut thread. Do you know what I mean? 
But yeah. why not? If, it, if it's good and it's made to a British standard and it does the job, then why not use it? You know, I'm not against anything like that. You know, like some of these new, you know, modern tools and equipment that you, some of the apprentices have got. Oh, don't use that. I'll use one of these. Well, that's great. If that suits you and it does the job, brilliant. But what about if that breaks so you don't have it? Or somebody nicks it, what are you going to do then? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think as long as you can back up everything you say and you've got knowledge in your brain or experience, which counts for more than anything, then in my eye, it's it's a great, great profession to be, you know, great profession. So, so what yeah. So what do you think is uh, the next steps for yourself then and, and where you're heading? Well, I can't say too much at the moment, but I'm hoping to gain a foot within the technical side of things within the industry um so i'm just waiting on that one um but again you know there's a number of colleges local to me that uh, i'm quite interested in but again it's because everyone's off on holiday at the moment because of the in the summer i haven't managed to chase those up yet but I'll, I'll be still in education at some point um moving forward i'm probably looking to do with mark an apprentice one-to-one open up some q a sessions with him um you know, for learners that maybe are struggling with certain units uh, or certain parts of the training, if I can help out, I'll always help out if I can. Um, and again, I'm due to pop, pop up and see Gaz at eFix, so I might link with him and do something as well. But I'm looking to get more into this side of things and, you know, fair play to yourself, you know, podcasts and things like that. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think the more people tell the story, uh, it might inspire, you know, future generations to get into the industry because it is a great industry to be in. I do think there are issues within the industry um, in terms of training, as we said, and even within the wider industry, it regards competence with electricians, so to speak. Uh, and again, if I can help with that, you know, I'll do the best that I can um, and, you know, do what I can, really. That's that's all you can do, isn't it? But I do think I can do more, um, maybe outside of a college and maybe set up something, you know, as I say with Mark or set up some of myself. But again, it's, you know, it's just having the confidence to do that. Do you know what I mean? So, but, you know, I'm, yeah, it's an exciting time, I think, especially again with, you know, battery storage, you know, prosuming. Obviously, they're launching a new um, apprenticeship for domestic work, you know, which is a good thing, I think. Um, so we'll see where that leads. Uh, and a revamp of the current apprenticeship framework, I think, is due as well. Um, what, what, what do you think is good about that, um, the domestic apprenticeship? Because certainly from my experience, not all, you know, apprentices, learners have the full range from the company. So some might only want to do domestic type work. And with not having enough housing, you know, the amount of housing that's being built is huge, isn't it? And with, you know, EV charging and, you know, the prosuming element to it, battery storage, which is going to be a lot of normal everyday householders that are going to want this type of work doing. And to me, there should be a licensed system I, I believe within our industry a bit like gas where i can't just go to screwfix and buy whatever i want i shouldn't be allowed to do that you should have to have some kind of license whether that be via a jrb gold card or whether it via another type of card but i think as soon as you do that you're going to improve standards you know and the everyday person will know that if this person's got this card they are suitably skilled and qualified and have sufficient experience to to be able to do that type of work Certainly with myself, when I was still doing jobs, you know, there was always someone that would do it half the price or a quarter of the price. And you try and explain the difference between yourself and this other person. The customer is always going to go with the cheaper job, always, because it 
as an industry. It's not really regulated. I know that, you know, there's a lot of people trying to push for change, you know, electrical safety first, et cetera, et cetera. And I see all the rest of them. But it, more needs to happen, I believe. More needs to happen. And then, it, you know, it will increase the value of our industry. Do you know what I mean? So, well, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's what will happen. You know, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I agree. I think that there's, um, I, th- I suppose I, I'm probably one of those where in terms of the domestic course, it's a wait and see for me, uh, whether whether it's a, a positive or a negative. Um, I think only time time will probably tell on that one, as many things do. But for me, I think the, the only worrying aspect is kind of what you alluded to. It's the amount of scope that is creeping into the domestic sector yeah. that, you know even even on a full apprenticeship course we don't touch on everything or or anything to do with batteries but you know predominantly and stuff like that and so it's the I suppose the awareness and the you know the fundamentals of know what you don't know and I wouldn't want someone in that who undertook that course to think they knew and I suppose it's as long as that's fundamentally clear and the people exiting that course understand that principle that they can't then just suddenly apply some of those principles to wider commercial industrial installations um i think that, that's probably my only slight concern i've got with it but it, it's fundamental to even the full apprenticeships with the, the yeah. range that we can complete at the moment but that that should be down to the training provider as well to explain you know what the scope of that qualification is you know, mm. so when you've got the qualification manual from the sitting girls at EAL, whoever the, you know, awarding uh, organisation is, just, you know, within the scope, within that manual, it will tell them exactly, you know, what the outcomes are. And by the end of those outcomes, what knowledge you should have. And then mm. the planning provider then should be responsible for saying you can then apply that knowledge to be able to do this type of work. That's how it should be. You know, yeah. that must be referenced with electricity work regulations ultimately at the end of the day because obviously 7671 is just a code of practice isn't it regulation 16 within electricity work regulations talks about you know you must have sufficient technical competence you know how do you define that well ultimately if someone was to get killed etc in a court of law you'd have to have sufficient evidence to be able to evidence you have that you know i mean ev charging is you know i had a good conversation with mark about that is is one of the biggest ones at the moment you know and i, I used to deliver the course for that the city and guilds course uh, and it's only recently that they've changed the qualification um, and they actually stipulate now that you have to be a qualified electrician now to do the course and it stipulates what qualifications are recognized to be that person prior to that anybody could do the course and the mm-hmm. amount of courses i've delivered and the people on the course are not electricians <laughs> you know they're just not and they yeah. think well i'll do that and then, you know, that makes me sufficiently, you know, competent and skilled to be able to go and install them to the point where OSEV have done several audits, haven't they? Because it's government money at the end of the day. And, you know, a lot of the installs are dangerous, but it's it's about education, isn't it? And it's about training people. And I forgot, you know, being in teaching and looking at the book every day or most days and having a good working knowledge of that book. It's all right for me because I use it quite a bit and I'm familiar with the terms in it, et cetera. But the normal everyday sparks, I have to think back to myself sometimes on site. How many times did I pick that book up? You know, OK, it was, a, it was in the office at home. I had the on-site guide and a few other guidance notes in the van. But the regs book was generally at home. And I didn't have a, uh, as good a knowledge as what I should have had, you know, because, again, it comes back to education. I've got my regs, mate. I've got my regs, done it. What did you do? 
oh, we did a few practice papers and I passed the exam. Great. You don't have no knowledge of it, though, do you? I'm not mm. saying I have a brilliant knowledge of it, but, you know, I've got a, a knowledge to understand the process and the structure of the book and how you apply it. You know what I mean? So I think there is more that needs to be done with that, um, whether that is done with myself and Mark and we do a few sessions, you know, once a week maybe to help people out. I don't know. I mean, there's some good stuff on Facebook now and all the rest of it where they've got forums and things. You know, the NIC is great. On Monday nights, we do a Q&A thing. You know, I, I tag into that uh, quite a few times whenever I can. NAPIT have done some good stuff. IET, brilliant. But a lot of people don't know how accessible it is, and it is quite accessible to get to. But, of course, you need the time to do it. But certainly with the NIC stuff, you can go back and watch it on demand, which is great. So there's a lot of change and a lot of good things. Um, but I think generally there is more that can be done. So, you know, if I can contribute and help in that way, then I'll try. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exciting times, but also worrying times. I understand what you're saying as well. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I agree. It is exciting times. And um that it's it's going to move so fast and so quick in the, in the coming you know the next amendment when that comes um yeah. and seeing what those changes hold for for everyone and you know in future uh, changes in the future as well so yeah. um yeah I, I agree with your sentiments um i mean it's been uh, you know fascinating chatting with you i'm sure we could probably go on for a, another half an hour oh anytime uh, <laughs> absolutely anytime you know. um i do i do have one final question which i ask of all my guests and that's yep. uh, what what's your favorite movie Ooh, wow, it's a good one. Uh, I'm on the spot there. I would say maybe uh, Man on Fire. Man on Fire. I haven't heard of that, but I would. From the title, I'm going to assume 80s. Oh no, not that old. Oh, not that old. Right. Okay. I thought not it was. Like... Weren't the 80s? Um, leading role is Denzel Washington. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So I won't say no more. Go and check it out. Man on fire. Yeah. Let me think. All right, I will do. <laughs> and that's a, that's, that's a difficult question for me because I I love film, you know, um, love film. I, I saw Bullet Train last week. What a great film that is. Just. Oh yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, I've been seeing that advertised. Yeah, I, I might I might give that one. I didn't know what to expect, but, but there's so much stuff going on. It's like it's like a it's just like a whirlwind of like Tarantino and all sorts of stuff going on. It's just really cool, really cool film. And Brad Pitt just gets cooler, doesn't he? It's, well, I was, I was going to say, yeah, Brad, I think Brad yeah. Pitt was in that one, wasn't he? There's a few stars. Great film. And there's a few people that you didn't even know were in it that were in it, which is cool. All right, and the brilliant. Music and it's just really cool. Great film. Oh, yeah, check the mate. It's brilliant. Brilliant film. Cool. I'll definitely do that. And I'll uh, I'll feedback to you. Yeah, cool. Please do that. Yeah, please do that. But cool. any time, I'm always up for a chat, you know, any time. Absolutely. Nah. It's been brilliant chatting to you, and um, you know, yeah, thank you very much again. Thank you, Gary. All the best. Keep going, mate. Keep doing what you do. Brilliant. Thank you, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.